Jesus has barely stepped foot on the shore on the other side of the lake when he meets this man. I imagine this fellow running around, making grunts and screams, though the text doesn't say that. I think Luke just forgot it. Um, as he runs past all these visitors who have shown up on the shore, not only does he make grunts and screams and shrieks as he runs past, he doesn't have a stitch of clothing on, naked as the day he was born. And for Jesus' friends, this is all, I'm sure, more than a little strange. I think it would be strange for us, don't you? We show up in a, on the other side of the sea, on the, a, a cemetery, and there's this naked man running around screaming. I bet a lot of us wouldn't even get out of the boat. In fact, as I looked at the text closely, there is no sign that Jesus' friends ever got out of the boat. I think we probably would have been like them. Um, we'll be right here, Jesus. Uh, if you need any help, you know, just come find us. We'll be right here waiting. There's a lot of things and a lot of reasons why uh, these friends of Jesus would have not gotten out of the boat. This was Gentile territory. They were all Jews. Notice they had crossed to the opposite side of, um, of the lake. Jews and Gentiles had no associations, especially conscientious Jews in the days of Jesus. What's more, they're in a cemetery. This man lived among the tombs. If they had come to a cemetery, they would have been contaminated just by being in proximity to the dead bodies. People didn't go to cemeteries in ancient days. They stayed away from them. And so to have this man living there, well, he's sort of, a, he's sort of an oddball, as it were, isn't he? And the man who lived there, this guy, he's also, well, as I said, he's naked. That also was a contaminant towards conscientious Jews. To, to look upon someone's unclothed body would have been contaminating to them, and so they stay away from him. What's more, he acts as though he's possessed by a demon. Perhaps he's mentally insane. I don't know that they would have made the distinction in his day. And so there are lots of reasons why they want to stay away. But Luke never mentions anyone other than Jesus getting out of the boat. In fact, at the end of the story, he says, and he, that is singular, Jesus, he left there. So I think it's safe to say they all stayed in the boat. Well, you say, well, maybe they weren't in the boat. No, it's clear in the text before they were all there. They got on board the ship. There was a big storm that came up. Jesus is sleeping in the front of the boat. They wake him. He calms the sea. And they ink this statement. Who is this that even the wind and waves obey him? He's there, or they're there, with Jesus in the boat. But they get to the other side, and everybody says, Oh, we'll just wait right here. Unstable people. Well, they make us uncomfortable, don't they? And, and I'm sure they saw this fellow and thought, You know, I don't think we really want to be around this guy. I served a church in Canton a few years ago. And when I was there, we met this woman. I'm going to call her name Carla. That's not really her name, but um, that's what I'm going to call her. She, she was probably in her 50s. Um, she had severe mental illness, and, um, and she loved our family. Abby and I thought it was a, a great thing for us to uh, look after her, and so we did. We did the best we could as, as um, her, her pastor to, to look after her and, and, and watch out for her. But she was quite eccentric. She would dye her hair like um, fire engine red. 
And then she would attach this really long ponytail that was braided like it was a Native American black in color. So it completely didn't match her hair. And she would wear like a red ball cap and an orange shirt and, and purple sweatpants and red boots. And you would see her walking down the road with a big smile across her face. And she was, you know, dancing and listening to music, but she had no headphones on. Um, it, the music was going on upstairs and, and she would just, you know, have a great old time. Uh, she, she would come around a lot. She came to church all the time, and, and um, people really didn't know what to do with her. Uh, but, but we loved her. Well, one, one year there was this diocesan convention. And so I announced to the church, there's a diocesan convention here in, in Canton, on the other side of town, and there's a service on Wednesday night, and we'd like you all to come and be part of that. And, of course, Carla shows up. She was there, and I was glad that she was. Um, but then the next morning was supposed to be the beginning of the business sessions. Okay? This is not a gathering for all people. This is a part for delegates and, and clergy. And, and at 7 o'clock in the morning, she's knocking on my door. And I went to see her, and she said, I'm ready for the convention. And I said, oh, oh, not today. Today is, there's no singing, there's no sermon. This is all business. And I knew, I knew if she went there, it would be like a handful. I, would, you know, I had meetings to go to and things to do, and, and I really couldn't. Well, she said, okay. And turned around and walked away, and I thought, well, that was pretty easy. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't expect it to be that easy. So I watched the kids get off. I drank my to school. I drank my coffee. And then I drove across town to the other side. And I got to the church where the convention was being held. I walked in the door. And guess who was there waiting on me? Yes. She said, I took the bus. I said, oh, wonderful. Um, and, and so she did exactly what I thought she would do. She sat in the delegate section. She voted on every motion. Um, she was particip- she got, somehow got her hands on a packet. She was a delegate packet, you know. And, and I just said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. And the next night was an ordination service. And there was to be a clergy choir. They were going to sing the anthem for that evening. And I was back in the back, and I hadn't made it up front to the practice about an hour before the service. And I looked up, and there she was, right in the front row of the choir, with her red hat and uh, orange shirt and purple sweatpants, swinging, uh, you know, singing to beat the band. It was quite a sight. And um, as I was kind of deciding whether I wanted to sing in this choir or not, uh, the, the lady who was kind of in charge of everything at the church came to me and said, I understand you're her rector. I said, who's rector? As if to, <laughs> the woman in the front of the choir who's up there singing. Oh, yes, yes, I know her. I know her well. You're going to have to tell her that she cannot sing in this choir. I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> You'll have to tell her that she's not going to sing in this choir. She sang in the choir that night. She's right up in the very front. And why not? You know, she voted on every motion. She went to every executive session. I think she pledged a million dollars to the Diocesan Relief Fund. She was up there and in front. And nobody wanted to say anything. And there was a bit of un- uh, uncomfortableness. She was unstable. And, and she made people uncomfortable. And they stayed away. Jesus is on his own in this strange land. As he disembarks the boat, he's on his own. No disciples coming out there to help him. And in fact, I notice the townspeople aren't really around to help him. They show up later in the story, but notice they're not there at first. They've taken this man and um, they made him live among the tombs where people don't live. They put him under guard, which says to me that they knew he was there. It wasn't just like he was wandering around loosely. They actually put a guard out there to watch him. They tried to chain him and shackle him to keep him under control. None of this worked. 
And so the townspeople knew that he was out there, and they would push him away to the edge of the city just to try to get on with their own lives. And I think it's this point in the story that I, I really find this quite fascinating. Do you notice that Jesus goes to this man, not the other way around? You know, a lot of times in the, in the gospel, you have people who come to Jesus and, and they fall down on their knees in front of him and, oh, I need this or that, or can you help me in this way? Nowhere does this man do that. In fact, the demons speak out of this man, get away from us. But it's Jesus who travels from one side of the lake to the other to meet him. This is called prevenient grace. Grace that goes before. Grace that meets us where we are, where we need Him. You know, there's no way this man is ever going to be free from his tormentors simply because he wakes up one morning and says, you know, this is really difficult living like this. God comes to him. God always comes to the one in need. It's not the other way around. You know what? We don't find Jesus. He finds us. John Newton's hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Charles Wesley, another great Anglican hymn writer, wrote a hymn called, And Can It Be? The third stanza goes like this. Long my spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke. The dungeon flame with light. If God doesn't shine the light in the dungeon, no one ever sees. And Jesus comes to this man, this man in need. He shows up on his doorstep to do something for him. The demons beg to be set free, not to go into the abyss, and he casts them into the swine. But then they run down the slope into the lake, which is the gate to the abyss, and they go right to where they had begged not to go. And then notice... If you've got your bulletin, verse 35. I'm the wrong chapter. <laughs> verse 35. He says, and the, people, and the people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and he found the man from whom the demons had gone. Notice this. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They found him. This crazy man who lived among the tombs, who shrieked and screamed and ran around and made all kinds of crazy sounds. Naked, uncontrollable. And here he is, sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's language for discipleship, isn't it? He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's a student of Jesus. He's a disciple now. He's clothed. No more this kind of, uh, you know, condemned man. He's no more chained. But he's in his right mind. So naturally, verse 36 must say, so they threw a great big party and celebrated. This crazy man is now back in the fold. That, right? That's what it should say, right? But of course it doesn't. Does it? Verse 37, the people surrounding the county of uh, the Gerasenes asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. Uh, Jesus, we don't really like this. Um, you think you could move along? Get out of here. Go along. We, we don't want you here. People are more uncomfortable with a God who is uncon, unrestrained and uncontained than they are with an unstable man. They're more uncomfortable with Jesus than they are with a man filled with a legion of demons. Sometimes, you might find this surprising, sometimes people in our world aren't all that thrilled about what God is doing. Oh, we like a good civil religion. 
You know, a little bit of religion goes a long way, right? But a wild and wooly Jesus who does whatever he wants without asking, he doesn't even say, pretty please. He just does what he wants to do with no, no permission from anyone. You know, Christ came to set captives free. And I think in this story, he came to set a lot more people free than just this man who ran around the tombs. He came to set free the arrogance of the townspeople who thought they could control and contain evil. No, it can't be controlled. It can't be contained. But God can do something that will radically change the way that people live. But he also came to set free the disciples who would rather stay in the boat where it's safe than to get out where it's dangerous. Oh, that God would do something in our midst that was radical and uncontained. And pray God that the disciples would have the courage to get out of the boat. Amen.